0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Today's guest is a fan favorite from all over the country, so let's get it started. He played in the CCAA at Camosun, where they were a Pac West bronze medalist. He then went to U Sports, where he played in the AUS for UNB, where he was named Libero of the Year. He's a KBVA legend with the Skyball and hopefully some Beer Garden stories. He was a fan favorite at the Play With The Pros here in Toronto, and in his youth, he was on Team BC for beach and indoor. So please welcome to the show. Chase McFarland, Thanks for doing this, Chase.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Good morning, San Diego. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you've played a lot of volleyball in all over Canada, whether it was out west to start, out east for university, and then kind of Ontario while you're here doing chiropractor school. So, where did this love for volleyball start from you? How, how young were you when you really got into volleyball?
1: I would say I was in fourth grade, and we just had like a small unit in PE, and I just like fell in love with it right away. I was actually kind of... We had, like, two groups or two courts going, and I was on, like, the crappier court with, like, the the big, like, balloon ball. And then all my other classmates who were, like, pretty good athletes, they were on the other court, like, playing with, like, a legit ball. So I was, like, kind of rattled that I wasn't really a part of that, and I just, like, wanted to get a little bit better. And then my mom played volleyball in high school and uh, almost at university, and she just, like, started playing with me a little bit more at home, like, once I came home and I was super stoked that I got to play. And then, yeah, it's all, it's all history from there.
0: Nice. Did you give up other sports to focus on volleyball? Because fourth grade is, is pretty young. Were you into other things, or this was like the one for you?
1: Yeah, I was definitely um, into a bunch of other sports. Like I played soccer like all the way through um, like under 18. And then I played lacrosse, basketball, uh, baseball, like a little bit of roller hockey. Um, and bat- yeah, did I say basketball? Yeah, basketball. But I, um, but yeah, I got and then like club happened like around U thirteen. You they didn't have a U thirteen team, so I had to play U fourteen. Um, and so I just played like, played on the B team for like that year, and still managed to play like basketball and soccer and lacrosse, like almost all the way through.
0: Nice. And what club did you start with?
1: Oh, Focus Volleyball Club. Nice. Nice. Yeah, ride or die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So at what point in in either club or high school ball did you realize you wanted to play at the post secondary level?
1: I think I knew like around you fifteen you sixteen like i I was try I would try to like stay pretty humble and like almost like second guess myself about like how good I was because I think I was like in the top like I was like a top four player like in my age group like all the way through and I kinda i kind of i think it Killed my confidence a little bit like I could have been a little bit more confident I just didn't want to come across as being like super cocky like and stuff like that But I I knew pretty early on um, That I knew I could play at the next level like it was. I don't think it was like a huge hurdle for me to, to overcome um, I just had to like stick with it
0: And when you were a part of these team BC programs uh, Just let us know what the the process is for that are you identified? Do you go to like a large tryout? How do you get on these squads?
1: So, like, like you said, there's like an identification camp that they'll they'll have like maybe at like Christmas or like spring break, and then there's a thing that they do like starting at U14. It's called like the the Cup, and it's like a three day like intensive camp where they just go over like basic skills like passing like passing defense like day one, and then like setting and like ball more ball control stuff, and then like they save the last day. Of bottom cup for like a, like a tournament and you get like these, like you're a team you get drafted to a team like all the coaches have a meeting and then they like draw names and stuff like that and draw picks and try to form like the best team and they just play a tournament like the whole last day and it was actually pretty sweet because it was cool to go full circle um, like being an athlete in the camp and then I think it was after my first year of her first year with Camosun, like, I helped coach, like, the provincial team with Drew Venables and, like, Charles Parkinson and Devin Parkinson. And uh, we it – was, it was just super sweet to come full circle and, like, be able to, like, draft like draft a team and stuff like that. Like, we're just, like, making trades and, like, oh, like, oh I'll trade you this pick for, like, this beer or whatever. Like, this is all, like, in the, the – I think it was in Camp Loops. Yeah, it was in Canloops, because we were in, like, the Wolfpack packed and, like, we had, like, a few beers, and we're just in past just, like, handing out beers and stuff like that. Yeah, it, w- it was a good time. It was a hoot.
0: Do the kids know they're drafted? Like, how much of this is behind the scenes and coaches only? <laughs> we're, like, like hearing this episode, so the kids are going to be like, what? I got traded behind closed doors?
1: <laughs> what? Seriously? What? I got drafted first? Really? No, you were dead last. Uh, <laughs> I, don't believe, I don't know. I think they know it's a draft. I don't. I don't think they know what really goes on behind the scenes. So like, just coaches tripping players and stuff like that. Be like, oh, that was such a brutal pick. Oh my god, that guy sucks. <laughs> no, <that's not> that. <laughs> Nobody says that. Nobody says that for all those people that did the button cup. No one says
0: that. No, no, I can't confirm or deny these rumors. That's not what we're about here on passing times. So so moving on, what made you pick uh Camosun with your recruiting process? Did you know that you always wanted to play U Sports and then like going to university after was always gonna be an option, or was was college the right spot for you at a high school based on what you wanted to study and, and where you wanted to play?
1: That's a really good question. I think I was just really drawn to Charles Parkinson as like a coach. My first like true summer. Of like provincial team, he was like the the program lead and the head coach of the under seventeens, and I just had like a like a stellar time and learned an awful lot from him. Like being an old older school kind of guy, and just yeah, I learned a lot more of a lot more than volleyball, I think, or a lot more yeah, a lot more than volleyball like that whole summer. And also like one of my one of my best friends, uh, Dave Tabli, he he just won uh, nationals with Cap. Uh, this season, he, he was the assistant on the, uh, on the squad and also at Camosun. So just having that like relationship kind of flourish in the summer and, but just being able to like pick his brain and learn a lot more about the game and more than the game. Um, it really like kind of solidified that I want to go to Camosun right off the hop. I did have like a couple like other options. Like I was talking with Richard Chick about going to UBC. Um, and like Dan Oda, um, all the way out of dal but i think it would have been quite a leap to go across the country like right out of high school but i think overall i'm like i'm pretty stoked the way that it all kind of panned out and like i think i was a much i was much more suited to play college for like at least like a year or two and, and then make the, the jump
0: nice and what can you tell me and the listeners about charles and his coaching style can you give us any examples from either training or some of the off-court stuff you just talked about where it feels like that guy's been involved at every level. He's coached in the CCAA for a long time. I think he's done some commentating. I've, I've seen him on the beach before. Like, he just seems like he's involved in, in every level, like I said. So what can you tell us about him from somebody who's been around him for some years here?
1: He is probably Volleyball Canada's best-kept secret. It's big praise. Um, he, <laughs> he's like, um, for like all of the youth players, I guess, who haven't really had like the, the privilege or like the, the opportunity to work with him, I'll say the fact like just the amount of detail he really uh, the amount of detail he really i guess like pays attention to when it comes to training and like planning like mapping out the season like he i think it was in our was it my second year it was either my second or third year where he was working on his level four for the nccp and he just like put down like a stack of papers like this is your season like this is like everything like dip, like trapped to like the minute more or less like, just so much detail um, and, like, all of our, like, all the phases for training, like, the macro cycles and the micro cycles and, and things like that. Like, he would do the same training camp every year. He would do, like, it would just be, like, warm-ups, like, this, the exact same warm-ups, the exact same games, but they were just, it was so much fun. I just, like, I looked forward to it, like, every year returning. Yeah, it was just a lot of, a lot of fun. It was it was more than volleyball. It was more like, um, I think, he, he really got you to think, like, Big picture, I would say like like life after volleyball. Like he he would always say that volleyball is like a, like a moment in time, but you also have to consider like like where is this gonna get you? Like what opportunities are these gonna lead you to? And I think like that's what really hit home the the most was like life after volleyball because I, I definitely was like a, I, I wasn't a student athlete. I was a I was an athlete student. Like I'm I'm sure most people are. Um, and that didn't really switch, I didn't really flip the switch until I guess like my, my third year going
0: into my fourth year, or like that, that transition you're going to use for. Nice, well said, good good uh, shout out there for Charles, that's good.
1: Oh, oh yeah, oh man, there, there's more. Um, so he, every year we would have a like wind up party, like at his house. Well, first of all, no, I won't even start with that. Every, I guess, like, every Labor Day weekend or, like, leading up to school or the season, we would, like, go go on, like, retreat. And luckily, one of my really good friends, Jeremy, he has a place on the uh, Okanagan Lake in Kelowna. And so we would go up for, like, four or five days and do, like, like a train almost like a mini camp and then, like, hang out on the lake all day, like, have barbecues, like, a couple of beers and all that stuff and just, like, get to know all the incoming uh, recruits and like the transfers so i think that was like that was pivotal um like just getting that like bonding and all that stuff uh going right off the hop and then at the end of the year we would have a like like a wind-up party and like almost like a chargers like award ceremony and we would have like we would like pay for a keg but we would accumulate that money we had like a a fine master or we had roles throughout the year so I think I was the fine master my last year, and we had, like, rules where if you were, like, uh, like a minute late uh, to practice, like, you'd have to pay a dollar. And, like, every, like, increments of, like, five minutes or later, like, you'd have to pay, like, like another buck up to, like, five dollars. Um, if you, like, weren't wearing, like, a Camosun shirt or something like that, or you forgot your warm-up, whatever, that's, like, another, like, two bucks. And just, like, a bunch of stuff that kind of, like, added up over the years or the uh, season. And I think one year we... We had like three or four hundred bucks, like in the fine jar, so we like paid for everything. Like we like paid for the, like our meat. We paid for um, we got a couple kegs from Phil's Brewery. Shout out to Phil's Brewery, best beer in the world. Yeah, and we just yeah, that that that's definitely like probably the sweetest part. Like it wasn't it wasn't like going to going to war with everybody or like going like the battles and the the games were fun, but it was definitely.
0: The, the parties and the, the camaraderie that I, I that I miss the most. Nice, nice. I'm always interested about team building because I don't think trust falls help us side out more, but I can see how hanging out in the same space for three or four days and just being social and interacting that, that helps us win games and battle and practice a little bit more, I think.
1: Oh, 100%. It's like, I may want to like rip your face off like during the week, like leading up to the game, like when we're like on other sides of the net, but I do want to go for a beer with you like later on and, like we can just like laugh it off after Be like man remember that block you had like like after you like that was, like that was sweet I was so rattled and, like, oh dude you took my ball like that was my scene but then you just laugh it off later on like that, that that's what's that's what's super cool about volleyball I think is like it's, it's it's the whole like social and like life aspect like volleyball is a I think it's a lifestyle
0: Nice. It's, I think we'll we'll get into that. I think that describes your personality for people who have have seen you on the beach. I think that you're you're very social but you're very competitive at the same time. It is a fine line to walk. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't know how to say compliment.
0: So with you going from college to university, we just had uh Jared Mueller on the show and I think out west that was pretty common for people to go to like Mount Royal or Red Deer and Battle or we'll add a uh, commotion oh, to that nice. list and then to go from there to university, was that always part of the plan, or did you start to look around and be like, w- with the level of ball you were playing, you're like, man, I want to go play U sports, or did it just make sense for your grades, because um, how did that work? Because I think you mentioned you, you stayed in the CCAA for three years, so how was transferring your credits to UNB? How smooth of a process was that, or did you maybe cost yourself a couple years with uh, getting your credits and everything to go over?
1: Pulled a couple of horseshoes out of my ass. Like I, I, I was lucky. I was super lucky because I've heard some horror stories of people where they do two or three years, or maybe even four years, and none of their stuff transfers, and they have to start from scratch. Uh, a guy that I actually played with at uh, at UNB, he, he played uh, for Algonquin, Craig Tunders, and then he uh, he transferred the year prior to me coming, and he had to he had to start like fresh. Like, I think he did one or two years. Do you do one or two years? I think he did two years. Yeah. He did two years at the Gonk and uh, had to start fresh at UNB Engineering. So I'm like, dang, like that, that
0: really sucks. It's so funny so that I'm, not even like an elective or whatever, some of like the lighter courses are not specific to your program wouldn't transfer that he had like zero coming over from, from an accredited college, right? Like,
1: right. So I'm like, man, like, uh, like I was, I was very fortunate because I had, Pretty much everything come through except for like I had like an organic camera too that that like it wasn't required for my KIN degree because I think yeah I was just in general science at Camosun and then I was like oh I really I really wanted to do KIN um, and Camosun didn't offer that they had some pretty sweet programs like a, like a bachelor of fitness leadership which is honestly like I probably won't I don't even know what you, I think you get like, uh, you can get your CSET like CPT out of it. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to screw it over. But they also had like a Bachelor of Athletic and Exercise Therapy program. That was like a pretty hot commodity, and I think it was like a one or two year wait list to get in. And it's like pretty structured, and um, they didn't really offer a lot of leeway. So if you like flunked a class, if you had to like repeat the year. But that's something that kind of always interested me was like the the manual therapy side of things and like the care for the athletes and just well now general population. So I always knew that like, well, I, I want to either like go to med school or go into like physiotherapy or some rehabilitative science. And I didn't want to wait like another year or two to get into the athletic therapy program. So I just took general science courses that I know would, would transfer. And I also knew that I want to play like at a higher level or like at least like make the jump to use sports because I'm like, yeah, like I I feel pretty good about college and stuff like that, but I, I want to challenge myself a little bit more. Um, and I emailed I think every almost every school in Can West. I emailed Dan Oda again. But Dan kinda responded, but I don't think Dal super keen on taking transfers. Like I think once I was talking to Charles about this and he was saying that you need to or most CIS coaches or eport coaches like they, they don't some of them don't like transfers because they need to like get three like integrated into their system or they need to pick it up whereas it's much more appealing to have someone in your system for five years. So they like they know the ropes. they know what to do. They can guide guys a little bit better. But at the time I didn't even know like what the heck UMB even stood for. When I was like looking for schools to go to, I just, saw, I just saw that they had a kin program. They have an AUS team, and I, I scanned every single roster that had like either a young libero or that had like a graduating libero. Like even if they had like a fourth year guy, or if it, uh, I would still be okay with like riding the pine for a year. Like that doesn't really matter to me. Uh, but they had they had a guy graduating, and so I emailed Dan McMorran like right away and sent him a take. Like probably probably one of the best passing games I ever played in my life. Thank gosh. (laughs) And yeah, everything transferred through, got into the kin program, and yeah, rest was history
0: nice and how was that recruiting process because uh, i'm coaching club and our guys are starting to contact coaches and it's it's fun helping them create highlight videos but uh, i had a coach from u sports tell me that they've never seen a bad highlight video which is basically to say that they know that they're heavily edited so it, it's always <laughs> yeah. nice to kind of get your attention a little bit but then you want to see the athlete live or like you said they want to see a whole match so they can see how you respond after you do make an error after a teammate makes an error like they know everything's not going to be perfect right so for exactly. you literally being across the country and they probably couldn't see you live uh was it as simple as just setting that video where you you basically careered and played it out of your mind and that was the hook
1: yeah like i i totally agree with the like the, the whole highlight like there's never been a bad highlight video yes absolutely but yeah i just uploaded something like a match to youtube and like, most coaches, I think, want to see, like you said, they want to see, like, the full match. How do you respond to setting the wrong ball or, like, getting an ace, like, whatever. So, luckily, like, it was, I think it was the first match of the season, and we had Devin Parkinson for the first half of the year, because he had, like, a bombed ankle and uh, returned to FT, the full-time center, I think, in January. So, we had him for, like, the, the beginning of the year, or the first half of the year, and... He was rehabbing his ankle, but he was still able to like implement a lot of stuff that um, Vince was. Uh,
0: Vincent uh, Pichette.
1: Yeah, right. So he was able to. Devin kind of like went through a lot of passing and um, like stuff that they're doing at, the like the international level. With us. And like it really, I think it really clicked or like clicked with me. And I've never passed so well in my life. Like it was, it was insane. I think I've had like we use a three point scale. And if I remember, I think I passed, like, a 2-6 or, like, a 2-7. Like, it was ridiculous in our home opener. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm getting that game tape and holding on to that for dear life. But, yeah, and I just sent, a, just sent them a YouTube link. So I, I lucked out because I think I had a pretty good game, and that's the game that I used. But, um, but yeah, you definitely want to use, like, a, a full match. Yeah, I still don't have a highlight tape. I've been emailing people, like, left, right, and center. I'm like, hey, do you have these games? Do you have these games? Like, now that I have, like, some time on my hands right now, um, because I do want to put, like, a little highlight tape together. But, yeah, maybe put it on uh, World Star. Who knows?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So when you get to the AUS, what was your first impression? Because uh, that is a pretty special division in the AUS that we we haven't really talked about a lot on the show, because I think CanWest gets a lot of our focus with us yeah. being based in Ontario, we talk about the OUA a lot. Where we, we've had a, a doll or two guests on before, but uh, I don't think we've given it enough credit as it deserves. So, what did you think of the level when you got there? And even little things like the travel there's pretty intense. Where I think you're taking the bus everywhere, right? mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're like we're definitely trying to conserve funds as much as we can. Like I'd say in the AUS, like it's like hockey and basketball and football are like your um, like the big three. Out there, no fit, sorry, soccer and <laughs> track. and at all, as they say. Um, but uh, yeah, like we like we would have like interlocks like every like I think we'd have three interlocks a year where you play the Quebec teams, uh, which is like kind of nice, but it's kind of repetitive. Like you play the same team like four times a year, like or maybe more. Jeez, I can't remember. but yeah, like it's like down, I think you slide them on once. That was that was always a hoot. But yeah, you're on the bus all the time. It's it's not too bad. But um yeah. If anything, like I think the the quality of the ball is like not where where it could be. Like mind you, they have like a little bit more slim pickings. Like I don't think volleyball is like that big of a sport. Or like it's not like uh, it's definitely not like your basketball or your hockey. But they, they got some ridiculous athletes like out there. Like there are guys that like, we're on my team, I'm like, holy crap, like, you're touching, like, 11-9? Like, jeez, like, how come I didn't see you at Nationals or anything like that? But overall, like, I'd say the the ball is, like, the level of ball, like, at least when I went, and, like, not putting any, like, shame or, like, dampers, like, on the AUS by any means, but it's very similar to, like, upper-end, like, West or, like, um, ACAC. Like, I'd say it's, like, it's, like, I, I think that my third-year Camosun team, would have, like, a pretty good bout against, like, the UMB guys. Like, I, and I was always, like, comparing, like, oh, like, what was it like with West and, and UMB or AUS stuff? And I think that's kind of, like, what disappointed me is because, like, I never really appreciated, like, what I had, like, at Camosun, like, having Charles, like, having, like, all, like, the facility that we had at I at See, it's like the um, it's like CSIO equivalent, but it's like um, what is it Canada Sport CSCP Canadian Sport uh, Center Pacific. So we have, like access to like all that stuff, um, but I think that was like my biggest like blunder was like compa- making too many comparisons, comparing like the Pac West and like what I had versus what I have now. Yeah, I think that was like a bit of a downfall, but overall, like the the vibes out east are pretty sweet all the guys are phenomenal they're just so goofy and like coming from bc and like not really hearing like a, like an east coast accent like new brunswick or, or like like even just like knowing the different accents like people from pei people from nova scotia newfoundland yeah like it's a bunch, bunch of solid dudes volleyball dudes man and i guess dudettes too like no matter where you go like you're gonna find some some sweet people in volleyball
0: Nice. And what was the makeup of the roster there? Cause I'm thinking UNB, and uh, like New Brunswick has a different club season than everybody else. Like it just doesn't match in timing. So sometimes they don't even compete at nationals. So were you yeah, like the only out of province guy or do they have to rely on a lot of out of province athletes just because of the, the way club season is, is, is scheduled. Maybe there's just not as many males playing volleyball there. So maybe they have to recruit a little bit more out of, out of their own mm-hmm. territory. Right. Right. Yeah. So,
1: Okay, so there were two guys from BC. It was myself and then a guy named Tristan, aka Shitty uh, Burridge. Um, He was like from Fort Saint John, so pretty much like Alberta. Um, So, but his dad actually he played hockey at UMB, like back in like the the eighties or uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how old Dave is, but. Um, his dad is from New Brunswick, and like played hockey at UMB, so like that's how he had that connection to go out east, and he has family out there. Uh, Do we have anybody from Alberta? I don't think we did. Um, but yeah, and we had uh, Julio Fernandez, absolute stud. He played. He was like a CIS all, all Canadian. Um, he's from Venezuela, um, and then we had we had a guy from Norway, Ivan Anderson, uh, and a guy from Australia. Oh, and a guy from England, uh, which is pretty sweet. Elliot Allison, his, he, his claim to fame is his brother played with Steph Curry. Nice at Davidson. Nice, which is pretty sweet. But yeah, like we had like, yeah, we were like more or less like an international team, and then everyone else was either from like New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. And a lot, and like everyone growing up, like they were all multi-sport athletes. Like I think everybody played hockey at some point, and then a lot of them were like, oh, they could have played basketball or they could have played volleyball, but they chose volleyball, which is pretty sweet. I mean, like yes, like the there's there is like some like the, like in the winters there's not a ton to do. Like there aren't a lot of mountains. Like I don't think like I think they have maybe like one ski hill. So it's like you're you're playing sports in the winter. At least that's what I think you're doing. I don't know. I've never. I've only experienced a few winters. Uh, in in New Brunswick, but um, but yes, I'd say like the the makeup would be like a lot of imports, yeah, a fair bit of imports.
0: We already kind of touched on the schedule there, but maybe it wasn't during your time. But I remember you and would always come to like the York tournament. Like, would you guys ever travel to find different competition just to play against different teams? Like, would you do either a preseason or like a holiday season tournament? Mm, yeah, I
1: remember. So in my first year, we went to Queens uh, had a tournament. Yeah, we went to Queens. For a tournament, which was pretty fun, we we out there, so that was a truck. Um, and then at Christmas that year, like we would bring, I think Guelph came, and one of our setters, uh, Jordan Brooks, his brother, who's a year younger, and my old roommate slash future colleague slash current classmate Justin, he was a he was a setter at Guelph, so like they had like that little link, and like we, we trained over the the holiday break uh, for a few days, which was pretty fun. And then, yeah, we we went to Brandon for a preseason tournament in to my fifth year, which was pretty fun. Ended up beating those guys three two on the first night, which was pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think that's all we really did. I mean, we like we hosted York. I think I think we hosted York, but yeah, like there's there is opportunity to like go out. And, but like, we don't have, like, I'd say, like, we don't have, like, the budget to, like, we don't have Trinity Westerns, like, budget, where they can, they can go, like, almost, like, where, like, they could do, like, a, like, a cross-country tour and, like, come
0: back and still be okay. And I'm like, that's pretty sweet. Right, right. So, tell yeah. me about the, the year you won Libero of the Year. Was that your first year or second year at UMB? That was my first year
1: at UMB. And we, I ended up actually, like, uh, tearing my meniscus. Like in the, I think it was like August long weekend in the summer. Like I was at Center of Gravity, and I was playing a grass tournament. And like they have like yeah, it's like a big music festival, and they have like beach vo- like the beach volleyball portion of it like on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then they have like grass tournaments like for teams that get knocked out. Like you can play like r fours or r sixes or or twos. I obviously like I didn't even make it past the qualifier <laughs> that year, but. I just ended up playing, like, on Sunday on Sunday morning. I think it was, like, the second ball of the first game, and I just, like, went for a ball and, and tore my meniscus um, on defense, which kind of sucked. And so I was, like, kind of trying to rehab that leading into it or leading into the season. So I, like, flew in, like, being hurt, which sucked. But um, I was able to get an MRI before I left, and then I met with the surgeon, um, and he just did, like, a scope. So he just, like... Pulled, pulled it out like didn't do a repair and then i just rehabbed for like i guess another six six seven six seven weeks and then started playing in november so it was really weird to like kind of come in and play um like being hurt because i feel like there was like a lot of hype like oh like, this guy's actually like pretty good but it, i haven't been i wasn't able to like showcase any of that and coming back from an injury like i i knew like right away I'm, like like i am not Nearly as good as I was, like in my third year. Like, it, I definitely felt hindered, but I don't know. I don't know what the heck that I guess there are only three liberals to choose from. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so I, and I think it was, I think it was Sandy's first year at Dell, but he, he definitely, he was definitely nipping at my heels and, and he, he was definitely a deserving candidate for sure. No offense, Brad Jolliffe, Guy Munn. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I was honestly kind of surprised that I won, to be quite honest with you, Cause, just because I'm like, man, like, I, I couldn't pass gas. Like, I, I was just, I, I struggled, I think, all year. Like, the only thing that really, I think, kept me going was defense, but struggling to pass the Macasa and just, like, on kind of like a, I wouldn't say, like, my 100% knee. Yeah, I don't know how I want it, but I won it.
0: There you go. Now, did you feel a bit of a rivalry with Dalhousie because you had kind of reached out to them and you had had talks with Dan Oda and you you played them so often? Or what was that era like? Was Dalhousie kind of rolling on their streak or was that right after UNB had maybe taken one? I'm trying to think of the timing here.
1: Right. So I think this is when it's been a little, it was more of like a seesaw because I think it was like a couple in like my first year of eligibility. Like that's when um, I think UNB like snapped their streak, if I'm not mistaken. And then, and I think UNB no they didn't win in their second year um and then it was like a bit more of a seesaw so like they yeah they won in first year then they lost in the finals the second year and then they then UMB won in third year again and then in my fourth year they kind of went on like a bit of a streak so like they well like they won back to back so I, I never won a championship ever the only thing that I've won is like the TR division at like the volleyball BC <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I've never won a tournament, never won no championship just just silvers and provincials and and uh, a dirty gold but uh, but yeah the rivalry was it was interesting because like I, I didn't have anything personal like about not going to Dow or like not being like recruited or whatever I'm like oh, whatever like it's okay this this worked out for me way better anyways like going to UMB and uh, but like yeah like there's always there's always that like Dow UMB like rivalry and stuff like that. I was always like interestingly like, I didn't really get into it a whole lot. I'm just like whatever, like I'm I'm just a guy from out of province, like I don't know like the whole history behind it all besides that like Dow cleaned up like the last like twenty years and, and whatnot. Uh-huh. But I don't know, if you kinda like band together with the guys and you wanna say like all like Dow heads and whatever, like you you just wanna compete and just like kinda you want to feel you want to feel the fire with your teammates a little bit, but I have like the utmost respect for for everybody.
0: So as you're playing at Camosun and you're playing at UNB, were you always going back to the beach in the summer, or how would you spend some of these off seasons? Like, were you always going back to either Kitts Beach or like you said, Center of Gravity? Like, was there always a, an off season that you were finding a way to play some beach?
1: Yes. So every season, I would try to play as much beach as I could, or like I, I no. yeah, every season I would try to do that. I would try to play as much beach as I could, but I didn't really get into it until I would say it was like the it was the summer I hurt my knee. So like everything leading up to that point, like I played a lot of beach. And then the summer in between my fourth and fifth year, I was like, you know what? Like this is like my last kick at the can. Like I'm gonna like just train like a mofo and just like adhere to this like the the weights pretty good. And so I didn't miss like a single day. I think I, did, I think I almost overtrained, um, and just like gave it like way too much. Like I, I definitely worked harder and not smarter, because that also led to like I ended up having to like not forego my fifth year, but I, I, I lost like my starting spot and like I wasn't able to play because I ended up like herniating a disc, and like having like that leg pain, or like pain going down in my toes. So like I had to, I had to really be careful because I'm like holy crap, like, I can barely walk. So um, that summer, I wish I definitely played a little bit more beach than than hit the weight super hard. But every summer, ever since, ever since I guess like I was able to like walk and like kind of play again, I've been I've been at the beach just because it's like it's way less impact. The the vibes are way better. The poop the people are cooler. No offense, indoor crowd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, before we take a, a deeper dive into beach, sorry, just one thing I forgot in my notes here. Uh, when was the timeline that you tried out for the national team? Was that after college or during the UNB stint? That was uh,
1: that was a UMB stint. So like after I got uh, after I finished my first year at UMB, I was like, you know what, like uh, might as well just like give it a go. Like I'm already out here. Like a flight from from New Brunswick to Toronto isn't too bad. And so that's when I tried it. I really wish though that I tried out my third year because I, I don't think I would have made the team but I definitely would have like raised some eyebrows or like that's when I think like I peaked was towards the end of my third year. But yeah, that that was an experience in itself. That that, that was fun. That that was a blast. Being able to like um, just like play with some of the best guys in Canada um, and just like a whole bunch of like minded dudes just just having a hoot and just just battling. Yeah. I think they only took like three people that year. Like, I think they took who they take. They took Casey Shouten. They took Delbs, um, maybe one more. Oh, and and Brad Gunter, I think. Yeah, they only took three people out of like the the sixty or seventy that were there. I don't even know how many people were there. But yeah, so that that was funny. And like who? I think Jordan Orr was. How many lives? I think there were five or six lives. It was like Jordan Orr, Eric Matson, Eric Woolley, um, and then a guy from oh I think. Patrick drill Blazowski—I probably butchered his last name. I think he was trying out for a live. I can't remember. Um, yeah, and then another dude was there, but it was—it was a sweet crowd. And I'm like, oh man, if Eric Matson wasn't making
0: it. Oh, <laughs>
1: I'm not making it.
0: So, is that how you yeah. treated that experience? Was you were just kind of open and just were willing to just work your tail off because it was such a competitive environment. Like we've had other people on the show and I imagine national B team tryout for Eric Lepke is a little bit different than probably for the rest of us. Right. So I just want to know your experience of walking into the gym. Like were you a little bit starstruck looking around and you see like, Oh, I'm, I'm in a passing drill with Eric Matson, or were you just willing to like learn and, and take as much <laughs> as you could from it?
1: Um, definitely learn and take uh, definitely the latter. Definitely want to take as much as I take as much as I could from it. And just, I guess, like apply it to, to next year and it kind of confirmed like a lot of things that like that Charles was doing at Camosun and like that devin kind of implemented I'm like yep yeah, like I totally agree with it like just the way that like Vince would like look you in your eyes and just like talk to you and like coach with you and just like ask you questions and like get you to like come up with the answer and like it, it sticks like that much more like I'll never forget like his like advice that like he like would give me or just like during a it was like a passing drill with with the wind shot and he's just like would you like more time to uh, react to the ball or respond to the ball and I'm just like yes like I, I would he's like what's what's better like more time or less time I'm like yeah more time and he's like okay so what could you do And I'm just like oh man like just just figuring it out like so easy just back up a little bit more and and all that stuff like it was just like so he just like yeah Vince was Vince was pretty sweet like I was I was definitely stunned like being like being there like like you said like like eric being there and just like a whole bunch of like other dudes but um definitely fangirled a little bit no I'd, I'd been <laughs> <though>. <laughs> i've been known to fangirl but um but yeah just i'd say the overall experience was just to like just take as much as you could and like i i knew it wasn't gonna make it like by any means like it would have been a long shot um it would have been the best april fool's joke let me tell you but <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, you just gotta find every opportunity you can to
0: to learn. Back to the beach stuff. Was Kids Beach kind of home base for you, or where did you play the most?
1: There's a guy, like I guess like when I first started or like kind of started flirting around with beach was there was like, um, are you familiar with like the Lower Mainland at all, or like any like anything east of Vancouver?
0: I'm going to be completely honest with you. When we just had Marcus and Jamie Bratsburg on, like them talking about the North Shore, I don't even know what that is, to be honest. So I might lose some some listeners from BC, but I apologize where I know. I, I, I'm just, yeah. That's okay.
1: That's that's, that's totally fine. So um, I grew up in like the Tri-Cities, which is like 35 maybe. Yeah, I'd say like 35 minutes east of Vancouver. So it's like a bit inland. and it's, I would say it's like the equivalent of like Richmond Hill. Maybe, yeah, I'd say it's, like, the equivalent of Richmond Hill minus all the traffic during Toronto rush hour. But there's, like, uh, they had this, uh, like, we call it, uh, like, TC or town center. And they have, like, football fields, soccer fields, like, baseball diamonds, like, all around. And then they put in these beach courts, like, maybe, like, 15, 20 years ago. I think 15 years ago. And they had six courts, like, all, like, imported sand, obviously, the net height was like I think the highest it would go up to was I think it maybe was just under men's height or just at men's height, but regardless, it was like super shallow sand so you could you could get up. Um, and there's a guy named Alex Surez. and he's like he's kind of like the goat in like my eyes. like he's the guy that kind of like introduced me to beach volleyball and he would run like these these camps for like volleyball BC and it was like a training play. So you go over the skills for like the first hour and then you would half an hour. Um, the last half hour would just be like Kings Queens court or whatever you want to call it. And so we, Dan Caverly, Ben Ricketts, and a bunch and Alex Harvalius and a bunch of other like cap guys. We would like all and we would all like play at town center. Like I guess like even in our university off seasons or college off seasons, we would like meet up there. Like, we had a Facebook chat and go, hey, like town center like at six or like town center at seven, and we would just like show up and kind of play there. And then then we would kind of like gravitate towards towards Kits. Like even if it was even if it was like a thirty five or forty minute drive, like we'd still we would still make the drive up to Kits and play like challenge court for the evening. But I didn't really start going up to Kits as much until I guess this was like in between my, Oh, this was after my fifth year. So recovering from my like disc injury, like I, uh, I got a job with volleyball BC and ended up being like one of the, the league, I guess like coordinators per se. And like, you'd have to like set up all the, the nets. I was at Spanish banks, which is just like a little bit farther west of Kits. Um, and there was, like, maybe 30 or 35 nets that you had to set up. And thank gosh I didn't do it solo, but um, Brie Fraser, shout out. She, yeah, she was a blessing to have because she took care of, like, all the paperwork. And I like I'll just do the grunt work. Or, like, not all the grunt work, but most of it. And being down there, like, every, like four days a week, like, in the summer, like, really kind of, like, made me want to be down there even more. So that's when I, I guess, like, kind of started to make kids home. So it started like all the way up in Coquitlam, like where we all started playing, and then, then everyone slowly starts to like gravitate towards kids.
0: Now when you're setting up all these nets, you gotta be honest here, is that when you develop the sky ball? Is just when you set them up early and you got nothing else to do and you just start banging serves? That's the best time
1: to do it. You got it. <laughs> but 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 seriously, man, like um, I've always I was just like so fascinated that like people would do that. I'm like after you do it and then yeah you just set up like 30 courts like you could go super duper early like you could start you could you could go set up courts at like 11 o'clock in the morning and just like hang around till league which would be at like six but no one would obviously do that like i would maybe go at like two o'clock earliest or three o'clock and then yeah like we had like 40 or 50 balls and i would just like empty all of them like at the end line and i would just like just heave ho just just give her
0: (laughs) What is yeah. the BC obsession with the skyball? Somebody's got to find the source of this for me and just let me know why this has become like a cultural focus of, of either the Van Open or Clivers or whatever. It just seems like if you if you can't skyball, you will be booed. Yeah.
1: Have you had Sean Sanderson on the uh, on the show yet?
0: Not yet. Not, and he I say yet. Be, we got to chase him down.
1: He might be. Man, he's got he's got a lot of time on his hands. He's making sourdough right now, but and putting awesome memes on his instagram but (laughs) yeah he'd be he'd be a great source that guy's got some stories that's for sure um he might even be able to pin the tail on the uh on the uh sky sky skyball uh story and like how that all started but my earliest memories of that is just like yeah it's like seymour and sandy just like at Van open or just like people sitting around like the the finals at clivers and just yeah just yelling skyballs and i'm like like why would you skyball at like match point or like set point what the heck but that's my earliest memory of it and like where that all began so i I don't know the source
0: nice now one thing you do have to confirm with us is when we we advertised that you were going to be at play with the pros and you were a big hit Uh, a lot of people like your energy and everything you bring but seymour got a a a little long-winded on on the instagram post and he discussed how your biggest white whale your your accomplishment you haven't been able to solve yet is is winning the beer garden at the van open so for any of our listeners who haven't been to van open how do you win a beer garden take it from there
1: Uh, see you just got to be loud you got to be there from open to close and you just have to have you have to have the stamina obviously your liver has to have stamina uh, your larynx and your lungs <laughs> need to have stamina um, or endurance but I think that's the biggest thing is just being the biggest like appropriate goofball you can be and just getting the crowd on your side like I've, I've only been to like a few van open beer gardens and I've never been able to like unleash my potential sadly and i don't know if i will be like now that i'll be uh i guess healthcare
0: professional. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, that's my doctor.
0: no <laughs> now is, is the engagement with the beer garden is it is it chirping is it just light commentary like do, do you have to be mean or can you just be funny and that's the way to win it
1: i think you just got to be a goofball i think you just got to be funny I think it's just like it's like lighthearted chirps like it's yeah I don't think like yeah if you're if you're a dickhead like no nah, like, you don't need to do that but if you're yeah I don't know I think it's all situational I think it's situational you gotta the read the room
0: eh you gotta really know what's what the vibe is around you
1: yeah if Gabrielac is playing you can be a bit of a knob uh, <laughs> just, just, just just chirp him about RuneScape or something
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Gabe or Dallas would probably be the most fun to have because they can play the villain very well and I think they actually enjoy that side of it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I actually was a little startled when when you when you were calling me on Skype and Dallas Keith came up.
0: Yeah, I mean what's the point really? <laughs> if if Skype is gonna keep us logged in, like why would I sign out and sign back in? Like that's that's just not effective. Oh,
1: I know. <laughs> Everyone wants to be like Dallas. <laughs> no. But um but no, yeah, they can totally play the villain villain card pretty good, man. Those, but yeah, those guys, those guys, those guys make it fun. I
0: love those guys. Nice. But I think,
1: yeah, I think it comes down to just being being a
0: goofball. Nice. Yeah. And what can you tell us about play with the pros? I, I've hinted a couple times that you were a fan favorite, so we, we gave you the last oh. minute call. Registration was higher than we predicted, so we're like, man, we need some more pros. Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, we wanted you and Alyssa, but we just got you, so that's fine. Uh, and you ended up, you know, earning your keep and being being the star of the show, really. Yeah,
1: it was actually kind of funny when Alisa <laughs> was like, "Oh, like what are you doing tonight?" I'm like, "Oh, like I'm I'm playing with a pro." She's like, "Oh, like you're gonna go like you're gonna go play with like Josh Binstock and those guys." I'm like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "No, like I'm the pro," and she's like, "Oh, you're the pro." <laughs> I'm just like, "Thanks, Alisa. I, I needed that. I, I yeah, yes, they asked me to play. Dang it. Um, but uh, that that was that was a hoot. I think." Just like being able to, just like share that like uh, that like that love of the game, like no matter like no matter the skill level, like it's it's just fun being on the stand with with sweet people. Like that's what I think it's really all about. And just like people are gonna look back at it and just be like, man, like that like that was such a fun night. Like that was that was a hoot. Like we had a beer. Like we were on the stand. We were battling. Like we were trying to skyball. Um, man, but kudos to Beach Blast. R.I.P. I just poured a little bit out, but, um, <laughs> but like that, that place is sweet. I've only been there a few times, but I, if, if you're like, if for any pros out there, like, I guess like in my eyes, I'm semi-pro, um, if you're like on the fence about doing it, like it's, it's fun, but you like, you, you guys all got to do it at least like once or twice. Like I, w- I would do it again if I could, if I can keep up my, my skill level during, or like in the next like little bit like and if i ever get asked to do it like i, I would totally do it again it's it's a hoot nice nice high praise there thank you no
0: problem thank, hey thanks thanks for having me thanks for <laughs> thanks for having the courage and taking the risk no no we, we, we knew this would be good we're all about storytelling and having a good time i mean sure would we like to get Gord parent on the show absolutely but i mean oh yeah you're, you're a fan favorite you'll get the views too it doesn't matter god bless And just to kind of settle this for our listeners, obviously you're a high energy guy. You've played at a high level, but just to, just to settle it, uh, your profession, you're going to be a chiropractor soon, right? Are you in your kind of last term of school before you're granted like the, the official jacket and you can be like a a full-time doctor?
1: Yes, I am, but I have no idea when the heck we're going to cross the stage. (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. Um, yeah. So like, we're kind of like in a bit of a, in a bit of like a weird patch, like right now, just because like obviously we can't have hands off people like yeah, us yes, we're an essential service, but like we're technically practicing under like our our clinicians um, licenses, and they're like yeah like we're not going to coordinate like telehealth with you guys like it's it's way too much of a hassle. So I have no idea like when the heck we're gonna graduate and stuff like that. We like most of the majority of us have like one licensing exam left, and that's like our like our clinical osky or like practical we don't know when that's going to happen because you can't have like 400 people i guess like in the same room but yeah that's it's going to be it's going to be sweet it's going to be fun for sure i i don't want to like become a workaholic but i could definitely see myself becoming a bit of a workaholic but i'm looking at doing a, a sports residency program so in like chiropractic there's like um, your undergraduate degree is just like your, your DC, your doctor of chiropractic, but you can also pursue like more graduate level studies. <laughs> and so there's like, uh, there's a rehab one, there's a, an orthopedics, there's a radiology, there's like the clinical sciences and sports one. And the sports one is like, I'm a little biased, but it's, I think it's the best, the best one because like, it's, it's very structured. There's like two streams. You can do it. You can do it at like the school uh, or you can do it like elsewhere like an external residency. And so I'm going to do the external one uh, at some point, but you have to do like, you could do like a master's like concurrently or like at the same time because there, there's like research requirements. You have to take master's levels courses um, and you have to do like a thousand hours of like sideline coverage. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a little challenging to like coordinate like my personal life, I bet or like a little bit, but because I'm going to want to play like every Saturday, Sunday, that's like the time where you need to do your residency requirements. And, like I'm, I'm, I'm certain it's been done in the past. Like there are people who have like way crazier schedules than, than I would that make it happen. Shout out to all the moms out there who make life happen and like are still able to play. Like Joe Braun is like one of Lisa's like idols, I guess. Like in like the in the beach volleyball world because like she's like she's a mom. She like works full time and still able to like come like top top five like at every volleyball BC tournament to like still make it like to day two or day three like van open. Which is pretty sweet. So yeah man, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be cool. I have no idea when I'm gonna cross the stage, but I'll be gone I'll be dolly lucky to, to do it in the next like little bit.
0: Nice, nice. Well very easy guy to root for and hopefully we'll see you I mean if it's with the Beach National team doing some sideline coverage or any involvement in volleyball, I'm sure people would be happy to have you.
1: Thanks, I appreciate it. Oh, you know who'd be a really sweet addition to um, the Pass and Dimes podcast? You know Cam Brody?
0: Big fan of Cam Brody. I see Cam Brody well every week until like, we were told we weren't allowed to go to downtown anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, like,
1: man, that guy's got some stories. That guy would be an absolute like you you got to you got to shoot him up the waiting list. He's uh he he'd be a phenomenal asset to passive dimes, for sure. That guy's got that guy's got some stories. That guy obviously he played at a pretty high level. Um, I think he played for Winnipeg. Yes, yes, he That's did. Like he, yeah, he'd be he'd be an absolute hoot to have on the show. I, I would yeah, I I'd have him for sure.
0: Nice. I have to shoot that guy a message. I'm sure. I, I know he's got kids, so he's probably as busy as he's ever been now being at home full time. Or I don't know if he's uh heading to the office to be essential service, but. Definitely worth looking up. Push out. Now, we usually try to wrap this up with a funny story, but I feel like you've already filled in a couple of those, whether it was some team building stuff or Van Open or or the origin of the Skyball. So uh, I, I imagine this was a listener question, but uh, we, we don't have Twitter, so they don't have the ability to ask or anything. They can, I guess they could do it over Instagram. But somebody out there has got to be wondering the same thing I am. How do you have two H's in your name? Because when we were doing some research for the show, uh, even you sports or CIS at the time, they wanted to spell check you, and, and the AUS Libero of the Year was only Chase with one H. So how did you get this double H?
1: Yeah, yeah I've got a company, guys. Um, I've Chase with two H's, never the AUS Libero of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my grandparents, they believe, or like they have this like religion or philosophy that, that they follow, it's called, like, the Cabalarian the philosophy, and it's, like, um, it has to do with, like, numerology, and, like, the day that you're born, and sort of things like that, and so, based on, like, numerology, like, each letter in the alphabet has, like, a numerical value from, like, one to nine, and so, the day that you're born, so, like, I was born September 2nd, 92. Um, you, like, add up, like, the whole birthday. So it would be, like, the ninth month and the second day. So you would take, like, the nine and the two to get 11. And then you would just take, because it has to be from one to nine, you would take 11, and you would just take the, the one and the one and the number 11 to get two. And then you would kind of just, like, add it all the way up to get, like, one number. And I think I'm, like a like, a five or something like that. So based on my birthday being, like, a number, like, that date adding up to a five, you get like a short list of names you get to choose from. So my dad really liked the name Chase, but it didn't add up like with one H. So I like chased McFarland with one H like, no, not going to fly. Like my grandparents' eyes. And so my dad was like, come on, like we, we got to figure something out. Like what, like what can we do? So my grandpa, like being the whiz that he was, he was just like, fumbling around and just leave like, Oh, you know what we could do? We could just like scrap your middle name and just toss an H in there. And Oh, Hey, look, it adds up to five or whatever the heck that it adds up to. And so like having like balance with like your, your name and your birthday would like lead you to live like a, I guess like more like authentic or like a, like a better life per se.
0: So you don't have a middle name. Is that what you're saying too?
1: Yeah. Just chase non-applicable McFarlane.
0: That's a fun fact.
1: Yeah. So that's, I think that that's like, it's pretty cool. Like it's a good, it's a good conversation starter for sure. It can be frustrating at times, but honestly don't mind it. Like I think I have my elevator pitch down like fairly well, but yeah, I'm, I'm the only chase of two H's. I think I haven't come across the chase of two H's yet. So that'll, that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll get hammered for sure.
0: Yeah, we don't need to get into a big spirit spirituality talk and all that other stuff. But I mean, the fact that you're going to be a doctor, you're playing volleyball, everybody loves you, and you're dating Lisa Wolf. I mean, obviously, like <laughs> the, the second H has paid off. I mean, I'm a classic overachiever too, so I, I respect it. I'm just saying it, it's all starting to add up for you. I feel like. I, I, uh, yeah,
1: I think it is. You know, ups, ups and downs, ups and downs. It's it's starting to come together. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not as fast as I want it to be. after COVID nineteen. Uh,
0: but that, that one's so out of your control that one yeah
1: yeah that one, Oof, no like i better name my kids uh i better name my kids according to this philosophy um <laughs> but uh but yeah i i'd say it's all come together oh no i'm a pretty lucky guy i'm i'm definitely a pretty lucky guy for sure oh man can i tell you um how Lisa said i started dating
0: oh i'd love that story yeah we we always end with a good story and i feel like this one has to be a good one
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to, like, one-up, like, Anna and Roland, so, (laughs) (laughs) we, so, like, we've known each other since, I guess, like, we were, like, 14, 15, 16, Uh, that bottom cup kind of camp I alluded to earlier, it was U15, bottom cup, and, like, I met her brother, Alex, and he's, like, one of my really good friends. We played club together from, like, U16 all the way to U18, and then ended up, living together for a couple of years at Camosun and playing like years one, two, three at Camosun. And then like the, the year he or the summer leading up to the year that he moved out or that we like went our own separate ways. We were like, working together in like the meat and seafood company that at least his dad worked at and started hanging out a little bit more in the summer, which was pretty sweet. And I'm just like, man, like, yeah, you're good at volleyball. You're a sweet human. And, I think I'm kind of attracted to you. And it was kind of weird because it's like, I, I've known her like for five years, I guess like before. And I'm just like, yeah, like you're just like a friend. So like you kind of had that, like like that relationship, like kind of already established. And then um, it was that center of gravity. We, Alex and I, I think like, yeah, we got knocked out of the tournament. And so we were just like playing like grass volleyball, just like having a hoot. And so, like on the last night, there's like the the center of gravity like social house, um, and it's like this this like they they had like a DJ and like the bars and all that stuff. And, Like all the athletes and everyone just like gets together and just like has like a like a sweet night and just like they just party it up. And so I was absolutely hammered, and I don't know how the heck I didn't get kicked out, but they they cut me off from the bar. They're like, and I and I was just so offended and like, what? No, like I could totally keep going. Like what the heck's going on? So I just like kind of made like a fool of myself in front of the bartender. And I guess like she alerted security and I guess like I was going to get kicked out, but I went back to like our little group that we had and it was like Elisa, uh, her brother, Alex, Jackie Caverly, And I think, I think was Kumi there. I don't know. I can't remember. But, um, and then I guess she, I saw her pointing like, and uh, like towards our like crowd right there, talking to a security guard And she's like, yeah, like, that guy's got to go. Like, that guy wearing the green. I think Alex and I were both wearing green shirts that night. And Alex is, like, sober as an ox. Like, he's maybe had, like, one or two drinks. And um, I, like, saw security, like, coming our way. And I kind of, like, just, like, kind of, like, walked off. And I guess security, like, took Alex, thinking that it was me that was, like, causing a ruckus. And they, like, pulled him and kicked him out of the bar. (laughs) (laughs) so he's like trying to resist him he's like what the heck are you talking about like i'm like i'm fine like what you, like what's going on they're, like no like you've been kicked out like bartender said like you're cut off like you're done and he was like trying to like kind of resist them a little bit so they like knocked him down and just like made like a scene i'm just like oh i feel like an asshole but whatever <laughs> and so um like yeah at least i were just like i guess like talking a little bit more and i'm just hey like do you want to go dance and whatnot and she's just like yeah sure and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> we, we word for word no just kidding but then yeah and then ever since then like we just like started hanging out like a lot more and yeah that's kind of like what happened so Alex pretty much like went to jail and got tossed in the drunk tank so we could be together so that, that's, what I, that's what I call sacrifice that is that's brother-in-law material <laughs>
0: I can't believe you sewered him that bad. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say, oh, man, you can't fight me. It was an it was an accident.
0: You can force it by of walking off into the crowd and then avoiding security for the rest of the night. I guess
1: it's not it's not my fault. He's just as good looking as I am. <laughs> you know,
0: awesome, but, awesome. But
1: yeah, he was also like yeah we least, and i definitely didn't go about it very well like he was definitely like the last person to know that like we were dating like he he's not an idiot like he knew Oh, you guys are like, yeah. like, oh, like whatever but then like we i think it was like in like mid or late september like alex i really like your sister like elisa is fucking sweet like would you be okay if i like if we dated and he's just like well thanks for finally telling me and nutting up and i'm just like yeah no problem <laughs> but uh yeah so he was definitely the last one to know so like if we if we ever get married um he'll probably be the first one to know like, i'll be asking for his blessing for sure
0: that's fair i think that's fair
1: i think i think it weighs out i think it makes up for it but who knows
0: <laughs> awesome well thanks for coming on the show buddy tell us some stories we i think we've, we've covered everything for now i mean you got the open yeah. invite to come back on but uh this is definitely a great start i've taken a lot of your time i know uh I don't I don't know what else you have planned for the day but I'm sure we all have stuff to do so.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sorry for keeping you longer than uh, than than the 40 minutes but dude this is this was sweet. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been awesome.
0: Totally worth it. So thanks again for coming on and uh, we'll have to talk soon but for now I think we're good.
1: Sounds good. Sorry for all the editing you have to do.
0: <laughs> no,
1: no, I leave it in. Leave it in.